You know, the things that you don't know, like, okay, so you don't know Instagram or social media, or you're not on TikTok or whatever, all that everybody seems to be talking about. It doesn't matter. All that stuff can be learned in one second, or you can hire somebody to do it for you. What you know is valued. And the fact that you can write an email, that you can set a tone, that you can shake hands with somebody, that you know what battle to fight, when to not fight, you know more than you may think you know. And also people talk about being older and not having the energy and all that. I don't think any of that's true, especially now. People can be as healthy as they want to be at any age. It is true, I'm not 35, I'm not 30. I don't have that kind of crazy energy like I used to, but it doesn't mean that you can't still work hard. Welcome to Reinvention After 50, a Brand 50 podcast where we interview a large spectrum of entrepreneurs that have started their businesses later in life. Learn, be inspired, and get motivated by their stories so that you can take your life's experiences and turn them into your next venture. And here are your hosts, Jack Uhaldi and Robert Eriartboard. Welcome to Reinvention After 50. Today, Jack is interviewing Manuel Gallegas, an old colleague and friend from the broadcast days. Tell us about uh, what you guys are gonna be talking about today. Yeah, so Manny and I go way back. We worked together at the NBC station in San Francisco back in the ninth, like 1991, 92. And he went off to have a successful career at CBS as a correspondent. And I'm on LinkedIn, like you know, a lot of our listeners are. And I came across a post where he was now, after 20, almost 20 years of being with CBS as a correspondent traveling the world, uh, he changed careers and he became a real estate seller uh, in Manhattan. And I was like, wow, this is interesting because Manny's about our age. You know, he's, you know, 57, 58, somewhere right around there. And uh, he made a seismic shift in career. You'd think sexy being on the road as a CBS correspondent, but he went on to uh, change careers, got into real estate, and he did it because of networking. And it was the, how I found out, quite frankly, being on LinkedIn with him. But networking was something that opened some doors for him and he got into into real estate and that's how you got a hold of you literally haven't talked to him in what 15 20 years right i saw actually saw him at a reunion about four or five years ago but we didn't even really connect back then because there were so many people at this old you know work reunion that we had uh speaking of networking you reached out to him without knowing what he was doing for 20 years and because you guys had this relationship he decided to come on the podcast he did. You know, it was one of those things where, you know, it's a, you have a friend that you haven't seen for a long time, but you kind of pick up where you left, you know, 20 something years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's the weird thing with social media. I felt like because I'm on LinkedIn, he was fairly active on LinkedIn and some other social stuff that I would see him on. I felt like we were still somewhat connected. So, you know, we had a great call, a great interview. And the takeaway here for many of our listeners is really twofold. He talked about networking. He, uh, he talks about networking and the significance and importance of that. Because when he left CBS, he didn't have a plan. So for our listeners, like, what's your plan? If you're thinking of exiting your full-time job or going into a side hustle, do you have a plan? Is Do you have a network? You know, utilize that network. So he gives some really nice tips in this interview about doing that. And the other thing that you and I touched on the pre-call is because he had this history in video He's a, he's a producer, on-air on correspondent, but he knows all facets of video production. He kind of turned that into a side hustle while being a real estate agent. Yeah, it's funny how that worked out. I like that part of the story where, once again, we keep harping on this, that don't throw away all the years of experience that you have in something. And he didn't see how that his real estate uh, transactions or real estate dealings would turn into this new side hustle. 
Yeah, somebody needed help. I believe the way it worked, somebody needed some help. The video, they knew that he had had a past history in doing it. He reached out, he helped that person. And then it's, it's like the compound effect. One person tells another and then tells another. And pretty soon he's like telling me he has a legitimate side business now doing videos for other real estate agents. So he's been able to, to do both effectively. Yeah, and it's just about trusting what you're really good at. So uh, let's listen to his insights. Joining me on the Reinvention After 50 podcast is my friend, Manuel Gallegas, former CBS reporter. Manny, thanks for joining. Nice to see you, Jack. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. It's been a while, man. You and I go way back to 1990, working at Cron together. You were this reporter working overnights. We were just having fun, uh, some laughs <laughs> over that. Um, and then you transitioned in like, what, 93, 94 to go to CBS? Yeah, I was at Quran from 90 to 94. I had been there as a production assistant and, you know, had a previous, you know, kind of time with Quran. But uh, yeah, reporter basically 90 to 94 and then um, CBS News um, in 94, right, uh, right from San Francisco. They put me in the L.A. Bureau. That's awesome. And so you were at CBS for 19 years. And before we get into, I want to get into what you're doing now. You're a real estate mogul living in uh, Manhattan <laughs> and fixing up properties in Pennsylvania. But before we get into what you're currently doing, the transition you made, because this is a podcast about offering ideas and tips to people that are in their 50s or 60s or 70s or whatever, thinking about reinventing their careers. And I, I just loved what you, the kind of the path you took and what you did. Let's talk a little bit about CBS. Uh, you were there for 19 years. If you can, let, tell our audience a bit about your job and, and what you were doing. No, it was, it was terrific. I was a correspondent for CBS News. I was a reporter in the Bay Area when you and I were working together. And uh, I, got, I got lucky. CBS saw my work. Um, and this kind of ties into what we're going to talk about. Uh, one of my former interns at a small TV station I worked at, she offered me up to CBS. She was working for a headhunter. And unbeknownst to me, she recorded my work and sent it to CBS, which is about those relationships that you cultivate. And even back then, I was pretty young, but I had been pretty good with an intern. She really you know, was terrific and kind of a standout among the interns. I took her under my wing and later she ended up sending me, you know, basically being responsible for my career at CBS, you know, that foot in the door. So it's a nice little lesson there that you kind of carry through throughout your life. But CBS News was terrific. You know, it's funny, I drove to San Francisco, from San Francisco to LA on Saturday with my car packed, to go start my new job at CBS on Monday. Sunday night was the night of the OJ Simpson murders in Los Angeles. Wow. And on Monday morning, I was standing in that bloody walkway. I hate to say it, but you know, the morning after the murders was my first day at CBS News. Uh, I thought I was gonna have a little bit of a, you know, like an ease into it. And it was murder to acquittal 16 months from day one. Uh, it was crazy because I, you know, I thought San Francisco was a big market, but when I got to LA and I got to the network and all that, it was like night and day. I mean, talk about the shark tank and, um, it was intense and it, you know, but it was terrific. And so that's how CBS started. It was great in a way that happened to me because, you know, I got a lot of attention. People knew who I was and we did, you know, we were busy and that kind of set the tone, man. My life was never my own for the next 20 years. I was always on the road fires, floods, mudslides, hurricanes, presidential elections, Olympics, Oscars, Grammys, you know, high school shootings, all of the things that happen across the country and around the world. I, I was there. I was CBS's kind of domestic news go-to guy. Uh, it was terrific, but it was a grind. <laughs> yeah, nine, 19 or 20 years of doing the grind, it'll, it'll catch up to you. And it's amazing. I, I'd forgotten about the OJ. 
So were you in LA for, did you say 16 months? Well, 16 months murder to acquittal. That was day one. You know, the, the literally the day that I moved to Los Angeles, the, the, the following day was the murders. And then the Monday, basically, I hit the ground running and I never looked back. So I was in L.A. for about, gosh, almost 15 years, 14, 15 years. Then I went to the New York Bureau for the last five at CBS. Okay. So about 19 and a half, 20 total. But yeah, L.A. Bureau and, you know, L.A. was uh, where... It was kind of funny because CBS, a little side story, you know, I, they flew me out to New York. I went through this big job interview process and it was pretty intense. I had like an 11 on one interview with the head of CBS News, president of CBS News, vice president of CBS News, vice president of hard news, vice president of soft news, everybody. I had like a five hour interview over the course of, you know, the day I met with everybody and then I never heard from them again. And I thought, well, shoot, I didn't get the job, I guess. I don't know. And then like, 11 weeks later, I got a call from the legal affairs department of CBS News and said, hey, this is Art Sakharak, CBS News. I want to talk to you. And I said, well, what's going on, Art? He goes, well, I want to talk to you about your contract. I'm like, well, what contract? He goes, your contract with CBS News. Didn't they tell you? You got the job. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, thanks for telling me, you know? Yeah. And then uh, and they said, like, yeah, you're going to LA. I'm like, oh, okay. So, you know, it was funny. Then they called very apologetically frantic and something had fallen through the cracks and they said, we're sorry, we were supposed to call you yesterday. And uh, anyway, CBS was that, that, in a nutshell, that's CBS. It's an amazing place to work, amazing resources. Some things just fall through the cracks, you know, because yeah. they're big. But and that's uh, big. That's big. And it's a corporation for you. That ha that definitely happens. So, so let's fast forward. So, 2014, you'd been CBS now 19, going on tw almost 20 years, and you decide that did you wanted to move on for a variety of different reasons. Um, yeah. So you decided to get into real estate. So you work right currently right now. You're working in New York. You work for Compass Real Estate. You're, you know, basically it's it's Manny Inc. You're working for yourself. <laughs> working for myself, definitely. I have wear a couple of hats right now. Compass is one of them. Um, I mean, the way that happened, and this ties into, I think, what you know, you your conversation your, and what your the conversation we're trying to have is, you know, it was through connections. I I knew a very very successful real estate broker agent in. New York, his name is Leonard Steinberg. I knew him socially. He's a huge, huge deal with Douglas Elliman. And when Compass was just getting started, they hired him to be the president of Compass and to start their real estate division. Long story, but Compass started out as wanting to kind of buck the trend of real estate uh, in Manhattan. They wanted to try to take some of the corruption out of it to kind of eliminate the broker, ironically, and become more of a rental uh, operation where people could go and use technology to do things themselves, where the consumer could, in a way, eliminate the the agent and have more of an uh, of a of a process on their own. But they realized quickly that you know New York is very established, and they needed someone who knew real estate very well, traditional real estate and the practices, and to build that side of the business. And that was Leonard. So anyway, long story. I I left CBS News. I took a break, remodeled a house, did some work, just kind of decompressed. I. I had PTSD and I certainly don't mean to diminish people with real PTSD, but you know, when CBS, my life was never my own. So in those first few weeks when I didn't have to just be on call all the time, I really didn't know what hit me and it was great to have a break. But uh, you know, then I got a little bored and I thought I needed to do something. And so, you know, Leonard put me on his team, even though I didn't really have a real estate background. He liked my professional background. He liked that I could present myself well, that I was comfortable with people which of course is very important. And you know that I could write an email, I could set a tone. So, you know, you talk about being over 50. The great thing was that I did 
have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge that was valued by, um, you know, is valued by a lot of people. Sure. And uh, Leonard valued my my experience and my work ethic. And he liked that I wasn't a salesman, actually. He liked that I was from a different ilk than like a, a pure sales background because he wanted some different voices on his team. That's That's fantastic. And so, but as you know, so you go from being a, a journalist, you're on the creative side, you're telling stories to being basically a real estate salesperson, having people to buy property, right? So did you, well, I'm just curious, like, cause I did a similar transition too. Like I transitioned from the creative side over, or, over to the sales side. And for me, it kind of came naturally cause I, I just, I like to converse with people and I'm never, I'm not a hard seller by any means. What was the transition for you? Because that's, that is a transition, whether or not you want to, you know, make yeah. it sound easy. It's hard. But well, how was it for you? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You know, some of it. You know, some of it was easy. Some of it was not so easy. And I have to say, listen, I, I have, I do have to say, I was CBS News correspondent, always kind of wherever things were happening. And so, you know, I go to a party and people are like, oh wow, you were there and you were there and that's amazing. I was like the life of the party, right? And I say that modestly, but right. Tell people you're a real estate agent in New York. And they're like, oh yeah. Uh, see, I'm going to go get another drink. <laughs> there are like 26,000 real estate agents in New York and they're all trying to sell you a property, right? Yeah. So New York, as you know, is very competitive and very cynical and people are like, ah, <laughs> real yeah. estate agent. Oh, not another one. You know, that was hard because I kind of went from being, you know, somebody that people wanted, you know, what I mean by that is that CBS News opened a lot of doors. Sure. When you showed up, people wanted to talk to you. They wanted to hear your story. They wanted to know what you were all about. People were very curious about being a reporter. And so, you know, that was a transition in a way, like mentally, like to get into a field that I didn't know much about. And I was really perceived differently, you know, like, like the help in a way, you know, and I, I, what I mean by that is like, people were like, oh, real estate agent. Yeah. Okay. You know, you guys are all little, little sneaky and I'm a bad reputation, right? Maybe not as bad as a reporter. I don't know. But, and so there was a little bit of an adjustment becoming someone who was a real estate agent whose, you know, merits and success was really judged on how much money you make, frankly, sales, you know, buy low, sell high, what you can do for me, your volume. That's really the merits of being a real estate agent, especially in New York where it's so competitive or really anywhere. Sure. So completely different than what I was doing, which was telling people stories and journalism based. That was a hard adjustment. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie about that. And then also learning to be kind of that forward-facing salesman that like the you're you're in a service industry in a way. Sure. Yeah. You have to serve people, you have to buck it up, you have to take people's BS, you have to absorb all their problems. You know, it's tough. It's a completely different beast. Right. I was very well prepared for the stress of New York real estate because I had a very stressful deadline driven job. Yeah. Well, I knew how to absorb the stress and to kind of cope with it. And I think that also comes from age and experience and knowledge, kind of knowing, I think when you're younger, you want to fight every battle, you know, right. Or try to solve every problem or make everything perfect. And I think as you get a little older, a little wiser, you kind of learn what battles to fight and when to be quiet. And, you know, also you learn to just keep your eye on the prize. Yeah. That's something in sales that obviously is important, especially focus. You stay focused on the finish line and just yeah. absorb all the BS that happens along the way and all the stress that happens along the way. And then when you do the deal, everybody's happy in it. You know, everybody's kiss, kiss, shake hands, love you, love you. Right. <laughs> no, exactly. And, um, you know, it's, it's that is very very true. And given your background, you know you you had expertise in, in working in stressful conditions. And I'm sure 
when you're negotiating a deal and maybe it falls through or looks like it's going to fall through, that can be, you know, that could definitely be stressful. Yeah. And it's very good. I mean, listen, I got lucky because I got put on the president of the company's team and I sat next to the president of Compass listening to him. And he definitely is someone that could dial up the volume when he needed to. A very decent guy. But if he wanted to get angry or if he needed to put his foot down or really make something happen, you saw that come out. And yeah. I learned a lot from him, even in, in my 40s, 50s, 50s, you could say at that point, that I didn't know. And, I, you know, just listening to him and listening to his balance and his cadence. And, you know, I guess the point is that there's always something to learn. And, um, you know, he really taught me how to kind of, at least in the real estate world, to what battle to fight and what not to fight. The good news is that you had, I had a base and I think anybody of our age or our experience level, you do have a base. Your knowledge is valued. You know, even though you may not feel like you've caught up with social media, the rest of the world is spinning. Everybody needs to write a good email. Everybody needs to be able to have a good conversation. I personally like people. I like getting my hands dirty. I, I like all walks of life. I'm very comfortable with anybody. You know, I, I feel like, I've met some people along the way now who don't really like people. They don't really like being outside. They don't right. like being in the mix. And so, you know, you have to choose a profession that suits your personality. For me, talking to strangers is really you, easy. You were doing it every day. So, yeah. Yeah. And the stuff you can learn. I mean, I didn't yeah. know anything about New York real estate. And, you know, Jack, people like to say, you know, fake it till you make it and all that. I don't believe in that one bit. I think that's a terrible expression, fake it till you make it, especially when you're surrounded by people that really know what they're doing. You sure. can't, no one wants to give you the time no. of day. So and people, I, and I think, and I do think people like authenticity. So if, you, if you're truthful with people and you say, look, I, I don't know the answer, but I can get back to you, like let people know, as is in your case, I'm sure when you're starting off with real estate, being authentic, I'm starting off here, but I'm a hustler, I'll work hard for you. I'm sure that honesty goes a long way. Absolutely. And I still say that now. Listen, I don't know the answer to that question, but I can find out and I can get on the phone or text and find out right away, you know, and that's like, I'm not sure. Give me one second. I'll find out. That's, that's all people want to hear. I don't think I, you hit on something. Authenticity is key. And we live in such a inauthentic world, you could say, or, you know, if you look at Facebook, you look at Instagram, it's, you look at everybody's this amazing life that everybody's leading. Yeah. Real life isn't like that, right? No, Everybody right. Posts highlights. But authenticity, I think, is more valuable than ever. And I think, honestly, people need responsible filters more than ever. And all people want is sincerity because they can see through the PR so quick now. Sure. Know? Yeah, and the BS. Um, so let me ask you. So part of what we try to do with, with Brand 50 is offer advice, tips, uh, that sort of thing on how people can segue to a new to a new career or just maybe tap into something different. How did you know, you know, here you are a successful reporter, you know, you're getting burnt out, a lot of travel, and that happens to a lot of people. But what were, like, did you, before you quit, did you have a, did you think, okay, I, I've got to have a plan before I quit? Or did, did you just quit and not have a plan? And then, and then second, the follow-up to that is, then how did you decide on real estate? Because people don't, oftentimes don't know what to do. Well, I didn't. I, you know, I didn't have a plan, to be totally honest. I wasn't thinking about life after CBS, truthfully. I was lucky because I had a pension. You know, I was, I was grandfathered in. You know, I'm old enough now that I had a little bit of, I had a pension and I had a little bit, I had some severance coming my way. So I, I knew I had a little bit of a soft cushion to land on. Okay. I wasn't freaked out about losing my job and then being broke. 
Yeah. You know, I had some savings. Of course, you don't want to tap into that if you don't if you don't need to. And but I did have some money that I knew was going to come my way, and I I had planned in the sense that I did have a buffer. What am I trying to say? I had planned that if the worst case scenario happened, because when you're a reporter, on camera reporter, CBS News, personal services contract, you can really get cut at any time. I mean, really. Sure. But I, I didn't think that was going to happen. But, you know, you have to have some savings, right? So I had some yeah. savings. But I wasn't loaded. I'll be honest. I wasn't a rich guy or anything. And so, but I didn't have a professional plan. I just figured I'd land on my feet. And so, but, you know, the, the reason I left CBS is because I was becoming more and more frustrated personally with the job. I was getting more and more burned out. I was kind of sniping at my coworkers a little bit. And I could tell that it was running its course for me personally. I was getting burned out and I was kind of losing my my happy-go-lucky guy that I usually am. And I was getting, I was, and I could tell that I don't want to be that guy anymore. Yeah at the job. And I, and I, my coworkers, you know, they're very vocal journalists. They're like, Hey, what's wrong? You know? And I, you know, it got to the point where I get angry and then apologize. I'm like, okay, I don't want to be that guy. And yeah. so I knew I had to leave. And so that's something also that comes with age. My personal life was not my own. My life was not my own. And it, it, had, it was time for me to do something else. I mean, to answer your question, I didn't really have a plan, but I think, you know, advice wise, I knew that I wanted a different lifestyle real estate would provide me a more independent lifestyle, which is what I thought I wanted. And I, I did, I did want it. And that's when I started to tap into the people that I knew. And so, you know, key key point here is I think for people at, at this age, you're not going to get a job, you're cold calling or applying on Facebook or whatever. You know, I, I think the competition's way too stiff for that. Yeah. I think the only way you're going to get in anywhere is through connections, yeah. friends of friends, and I would say you just have to tap into everybody you know. Because once you get your foot in the door, as you know, then people are like, oh, I like this guy. I want to hire yeah. him. But you got to get your foot in the door. You got to get your, and it's who you, it is who you know. And that's the beauty of these, like LinkedIn as an example. Like the yeah. one way you and I have been able to stay in contact, or at least I see, see some of the stuff that's sure. going on with you is through LinkedIn. Um, yeah. You and I, gosh, I think we saw each other at a reunion party like three or four years ago briefly. But I knew... That if I reached out to Manny and said, hey, you want to do an interview with me, you'd do it. And you and I haven't really talked in, gosh, you know, 20 plus years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I was happy to hear from you. And of course, I'd, I'd, I'd be happy to talk to you. And I'm, I'm flattered that you that you even think that it would be interesting to talk to me. But yeah, of course, I'll do it for you. You know, I would do anything for you. Why? I don't know. I don't really know you, but I'm not kidding. But, you know, it's like, I know you, you know, I yeah. Mean, yeah. And it's, it's connections. Like, it's connections. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if I called you and said, hey, listen, I... I need not to hit you up for money, but, you know, I like, yeah. you know, called and said, hey, do you know anybody in the Bay Area in sales or in news or, uh, you know, my niece is looking for an internship? Uh, you know, of course, you know, exactly. All you can say is no. But really, I mean, it's so much better than out of the blue trying to find somebody. It just doesn't no. work. It's that's exactly right. So I think a tip for people is learn to leverage those connections, but do it in an authentic way. Don't just reach out to somebody when you need something. Literally you know, try to maintain the relationship as much as you can. It gets busy for all of us, but it co- does come down. As you found out, getting the job at CVS, you had an, it was an intern. You felt this intern had a bright future. You wanted to help her. And look, it, it paid dividends for you, tw- you know, 20 years at CVS. Yeah, it's true. It really is. And, uh, you know, it really, I mean, I'm, 
I'm indebted to her. And, you know, those little stories happen all the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, hope you hope that at a certain age, you know, your buddy grows up and becomes president or whatever. <laughs> and so, right. but, you know, you and I have talked, uh, you know, aside from this about all of our friends who we started out with when we were younger, who have all, you know, many of them have gone on to do some pretty great things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, you don't want to just call you the president of the company and say, Hey, remember me, you know, yeah, uh, but I need a job. But it's okay. But yeah. you know what? It doesn't hurt, actually. No. And I think if you've got the ability and if they, you're sincere, then yeah. it's going to turn you down, right? I and mean, don't be just... afraid either. That's the other thing. Yeah. So Keep... question question for you. Okay, so now you're a real estate agent. Again, a lot of times people trying to figure out the whole marketing, communications, that piece of it. How do you market yourself? What are you doing from a marketing perspective? Well, you know, it's I, listen, I could be better at it always. Some people are amazing at it. Social media is key. People like to think, oh, I don't want to be involved in social media. It's too public or it's not my scene. Or, I'm too grown up for it or I don't like it or it's too, it takes too much of my time. I mean, that's a very old fashioned way of thinking, obviously. And I think even 50 somethings now know they have to embrace it. But social media is key. All any connections are usually through Instagram, Facebook. Right now, my website actually is under construction for my video business, which I think we'll talk about. But yeah. Uh, it links directly to a Vimeo page that I have. I mean, here's the interesting thing. I have a Vimeo page where I store all the video production work that I do. Just a little side note here, side note. And people troll my Vimeo page constantly. And I get people emailing me and saying, hey, I looked at your Vimeo. Now, I don't, I don't have it organized. It's, I mean, it's organized, but it's really for me to store my videos. There are hundreds of videos on there. I can't keep people from looking at my online presence. I guess that's my point. Yeah. So people find you, whether you want them to find you or not, they will find you. So social media online presence is huge. And then also just the usual things, staying in touch with people just generally. Like if you have key clients or friends, acquaintances, just to kind of keep them on your radar for whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're doing real estate or whether you're doing video production work. Again, I could be better at it, but you know, the most successful people are the ones that just constantly, constantly, subtly and organically remind you that they're, that you're there. Right. Where do you, what do you see? I'm curious. What do you see? Cause you've been doing real estate now seven years. Yeah. About six and a half, seven, a compass. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious, like in real estate, because I think it it translates well to other parts of business. What do you see being successful? Is there a certain tactic or what, what do you see that the, like your counterparts that are really successful doing? You have to, it's like, you know, the, the consumer is pretty smart. Let's just talk about New York, the New York real estate consumer. They're, they're smart. They can find out anything they want online. Generally, they can go online and find out, you know, they don't need me to tell them how to get a mortgage or how to apply for a loan or how a co-op works or a condo works or whatever. They don't, they don't necessarily need me to tell me them that until we're in the mix and in the deal. Before that, people can find out pretty much anything that they want. So your consumer is pretty smart, pretty savvy. So what you have to offer them is something that only you know, your knowledge, your specific knowledge to New York City, the East Village, whatever it is. I tell people all the time, like, and I would say this about journalism too. I think the real journalism was what I would come home and tell my friends over dinner, not necessarily what I said on the air that night. Oh, because right. I didn't necessarily tell everything on TV that right. I felt how the day went. And I know you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? So the real general journalism, and Gabriel Garcia Marquez actually said this, so I'm stealing this from him. The real journalism is what you tell people or what you tell your loved ones over dinner. Like, oh, you know what happened to me today? The, you know, this weird thing happened to me. Yeah. And 
real estate, I think, is like that. And it goes back into people getting bombarded with just useless information. They want to know, like, what's going on, you know, with COVID? Are the stores open? God, is that, did that place go out of business? I mean, how much is my apartment going to be worth? I mean, is this a terrible time to buy? I mean, you know, they want to know, like, the inside, inside, inside track. And that changes all the time. And so, basically, your value is very, very personal knowledge um, that you can share with people. That's your greatest value because it's unique to you and whatever you and your, you know, your top colleagues are discussing, proprietary knowledge, basically. And that that's in any industry. That, any that industry, knowledge, yeah, whatever, whatever you're doing. And if you're out on your own, you're starting your own business, a side hustle, full-time business or whatever, you need to know you have to have a strong knowledge base and know your industry pretty much inside and out or the product you're selling inside and out. It's, it's critically important. You really, Absolutely. really do need and just, you just little reminders that people know you're there, whether you're starting your own business, whether it's a brick and mortar thing or it's an online retail or, you know, real estate, whatever it may be. I mean, whatever we're talking about, it's really just letting people know how to find you. Right? Yeah. And offering value. Like, do you ever offering send out value. articles? Like if exactly. like, let's say you're working with different prospects or whatever, do you just send them out information on just just maybe trends in the market or that, that sort of thing? Yeah, exactly. And not overwhelming. It's got to yeah. be also digestible. It's got to be smart and digestible. And it's got to be something that people look forward to. Yeah. Right? Like they're, you don't want people to be dreading that. E- oh, here's another email. Here's a, from that. junk box. Yeah. yeah. It's like you want to click on it and go like, oh, he always says something funny or I like his photos or he always has a good restaurant recommendation, whatever it may be. I, you know, right. I'm just kind of talking off the cuff, but basically you got to give people something to look forward to. You got to provide them with some kind of knowledge that's they feel is worthwhile. And people are big, you know, I mean, think about it, Jack. I used to think that a minute 30 was like a lifetime in television. <laughs> you know, right. people will, they'll, I mean, even me, I'll get bored in 10 seconds. I yeah. mean, you know, I have clients come to me and they say, Hey, I want to do a video and I want to talk for three minutes about blah, blah, blah. And I said, listen, I, I, I love you, but I would never listen to you for more than 40 seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I remember when you and I started working uh, together at Cron, the, the reporters generally would ask for two minutes, two minutes and 30 seconds. And then pretty much I got dwindled down over, over time to what, a minute, 20, minute, 30. And now it's probably, what, 50 seconds? Gosh, I mean, it got to the point where I was, before I left CBS, there's the local news. If I was doing a live shot for one of the local news stations or something, you know, they would cut down my piece to 50 seconds. Jesus, and I would, yeah. it and it would you know, it's, it's, uh, we can have a separate conversation about the value <laughs> of all that. But yeah, it's just a headline at that point. It's, it's a so, headline, quick, quick yeah. and dirty. So let's do this. I want to segue to Real Shot, which is your production company. And Thank so, you. Then the thing I like about this is again, it's it's multiple revenue streams, but you're taking your expertise. You didn't just walk away from being a reporter, producer, production expert. You did your real estate for a while, and then now you're also adding real shot to your repertoire. Tell tell us about that. Well, and that you know, again, a lesson learned there is that you know it's good to speak the language that you know. And I didn't know real estate, and when I went in, I really didn't know what I was doing. And it took a few deals that were pretty hard, tough deals to even get to the point where I knew what I was talking about. And so, you know, long story short, with Real Shot, what happened is at Compass, someone came. They knew my television background. People knew my background, and. You know, I had a little bit of a public life from all those years. So people kind of knew who I was, especially at first. It's, I'm farther away from it now. Um, but someone came to me and said, hey, I have to do this interview, Manny. And I, I know you worked in TV. Can you help me prepare for this interview? And I said, yeah, sure. So I did. And then I, you know, we shot a little video like on just, you know, casually. And I hired somebody just to kind of do like a dress rehearsal. 
And then, you know, he, the interview went well. He hired me, you know, asked me to help him again. He paid me this time. Now, who was this? Was this a real estate this agent? A, oh, a real estate agent, actually. Okay. Yeah, I had another team. And then he told somebody, and then somebody else came to me and asked for some help. And they said, hey, can you do a little bio for me? Like, I want to do a little, like, biography about who I am and that people can play when they go on my website. And blah. it's like, yeah, sure. And then, you know, it just started out there where I just started producing videos for people and charging a little bit more, a little bit more. And then I hired this one guy, freelance editor guy to help me and, and the little freelance camera guy to help me. And then, you know, suddenly I had a little side hustle uh, where it, and actually in slow times in real estate, it actually started to supersede. And so the lesson here is that it grew organically out of a need that people had and that I could fill within the Compass umbrella. I never officially officially did it for Compass, you know, as a Compass employee for a video. Sure. But the employees would come to me and then Compass said, hey, we like what you're doing. We're going to put you on our approved vendor list so <laughs> that when people go on Compass, you know, when our own agents are looking for help, you know, they'll see your name first. And I'm like, great. <laughs> and then, you know, and then it, I started giving away, this is a good lesson too, is that I started giving away a lot of my knowledge for free. And I realized, oh, wow, you should really back up and basically start charging for this stuff because you do know things that people just don't know. And it's not hard for you, but they have no idea what you're about to tell them. And so, you know, I got, a, I gave Compass a lot of free advice and, you know, respectfully, and they did a lot of good things for me too. But I got to the point where I, you know, I stopped giving away my ideas and my thoughts and my expertise for free and basically started charging for everything. And you know what? People pay. And, you know, I've done hundreds of videos now for Compass and for the real estate agents and different companies around New York. And it felt really good to speak the language that I knew. And it also feels really good to do it on your own terms. And so I would say for people looking to get into a side hustle, lesson one is it has to be your passion or you have to be good at it, whatever it is. I mean, some of my journalist friends, reporter friends have parlayed our television reporter knowledge into communications and doing yeah. um, PR. PR, but also basically, you know, dealing with C-level executives and teaching them how to oh, be on sure. TV yeah. and what works, what news reporters are looking for, what they respond to, how to deal with them in the field, how to deal crisis management reporter, sure, sure. You know, which is a great way to make a living as a, as a former reporter, teaching people to do things. Maybe I should have gone over there. I'm just kidding. But the, uh, if you close but, up, I'm sorry, Manny, but you close yeah. up, if you close a condo deal or a house deal in New York, you're going to make a hell of a lot more now one day than this is true. This is true. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Those New York commissions are good. Keep your priorities in order. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right, baby. That's right. Uh, but uh, no, it's all good. You're right. Yeah. The commissions are good. That's what's great about it's feast or famine in real estate kind of sometimes too. You got to keep, you got to always have something going. Right. But, but no, but this is, but having real shot, it's what you know. Yeah. And if it could help you supplement the real estate, I'm sure there's a lot of thrill and excitement over closing up, you know, $4 million oh, yeah. con, you know, feels pretty good. Deal. Yeah, it feels pretty good when you when you when you oh. when you succeed because New York real estate's tough and it's very lawyer driven as well. And so, you know, to get to the finish line uh is is a it's a real obstacle course. It can be. Yeah, so it's very satisfying because it's a it is no matter how much money somebody has or how easy you perceive the deal to be, there's always stuff that comes up and bites you. And so, yeah, it feels great. It all feels good though, Jack. I got to say, it felt great at CBS News when I would finish a report for the Evening News and felt very satisfied that I had, I thought, done some good and been, sure. uh, did a good job that day. 
that feeling is 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 uh the you know the highs are are high in anything that you do yeah when you know it's a job well done the high is i would say across the board in all professions but yeah it's nice to get paid too <laughs> no 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 sure exactly just just a couple of quick follow-up questions for you you know we talked about you know you making this pivot what advice would you give somebody who is just stuck in this job because you you segued out around 50 you know, and for me personally, like this podcast and producing this content, it's just, it's added a whole new dimension for me because I'm, I'm getting back to the creative, my creative juices and what I used to do. And quite frankly, my full, my full-time job, it's really helped me be a better salesperson, better communicator by doing this podcast. It's helped me in my other job. And I just, I like it. It works for me. Doing both kind of works for me. So yeah, kind sure. of ra- rambling on here, but uh <laughs> What advice would you give somebody? Somebody's stuck and they're like, you know, I got I to gotta find a side hustle. COVID proved that, you know, if you don't have enough savings and you lose your job, you should have yeah. a backup plan. Yeah, it's, it's a tough time. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to paint too rosy of a picture or make it sound like it's all easy because, you know, that's, it's, it's not, it hasn't been easy, all of it. I think, generally speaking, let's talk about the side hustle for a minute. It, it was organic and it was my passion and it was the language that I, that I knew, which I know we kind of covered, but I would say follow your passion. You know, if you're really good at something, now's the time to pursue it. I mean, life is not a dress rehearsal at 50. I mean, this is it, right? Yeah. You know, what, what you make of your life now. I remember you, when, my, when I turned 40, I called my father who was 80. I had an older father. And before I could even complain, he said, hey, how does it feel to be a young man? You know, and I thought he just completely diffused the fact that I was half his age and I had a lot of living ahead, you know, but 50 years old, you know, it's surreal. It's like, what are you waiting for? So if you have a passion or if you want to open that cafe or whatever it is, do it. And if that see if that can be your side hustle, because you got to follow your passion. And I think you do when you follow your passion it is a little easier. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. And then of yeah. course, tap into all the resources that you have and don't be afraid to seek advice. And also, you know, the things that you don't know, like, okay, so you don't know Instagram or social media, or you're not on TikTok or whatever, all that everybody seems to be talking about. It doesn't matter. All that stuff can be learned in one second, or you can hire somebody to do it for you. What you know is valued. And the fact that you can write an email, that you can set a tone, that you can shake hands with somebody, that you know what battle to fight, when to not fight, you know more than you may think you know. And also people talk about being older and not having the energy and all that. I don't think any of that's true, especially now. You know, I think people can be as healthy as they want to be at any age. It is true. I'm not 35. I'm not 30. I don't have that kind of crazy energy like I used to. I think back at what I did in my 20s when we worked together and I think, wow, could I do that now? I don't know. But it doesn't mean that you can't still work hard. I remember after I left CBS, I had some pretty easy days and then I had some really crazy grinding long days like I used to have. And I was like, okay, I can still do this. Yeah. yeah. It, you, you can got do it. to. And it's, it's important to do that too, to tap into that once in a while. And you, it's like working out. You need to get that stress every so often, but keep it controlled and, and, and that sort of thing for sure. Yeah. My advice is stay, follow your passion and stay, stay passionate. You know, And if you need to change up your life, like if it's not working, then you need to do something differently. I love getting up early. I don't like, I don't want to get up early, but I love getting up early, you know? And I, I say, I got a little lazy during COVID, I have to say, but you know, there's that whole like 6 a.m. club, everybody that gets up at 6 a.m. You know, my boss gets up at 6 a.m. every day, 5, 5.15 every day. He says he gets all of his work done between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. And the rest of the day is just kind of filler. And I, you know, I really believe that you get ahead of everybody, but- So are you, think- are you getting up at 5.15? So you tell me? 
I've been getting up earlier on this uh, remodel site than I'm at. But, you know, <laughs> I get a little lazy sometimes too. I'm not going to lie. You know, I got yeah. a little chubby during COVID, a little chubby hubby. But, you know, it's like, um, I think that, you know, for the side hustle, follow your passion and don't be afraid. And also, uh, really just tap into everything that you know. And also maybe take a little bit of a risk. I mean, I was a little bit of afraid to spend money like on my resume, like, oh, should I keep my money in my savings or should I hire somebody to build a website or should I do this or should I spend a little money doing that? Or, I mean, don't be afraid to take a little bit of a risk. I mean, I think it's hard going from a weekly paycheck to being a freelancer. I don't particularly like being a freelancer, by the way. I like I like working, getting paid, working, right. getting paid. So I, maybe that's an advice too, uh, a, a moment of advice is just to kind of know yourself, right? No, it's so important. You've got to know whether or not you want to be working in an office environment with other people or if you're okay just doing your own thing working solo. I, for yeah. one, am not. I like being part of a team and part of a group. I know that about myself. So I'm yeah. not going to just go off and just do something on my own. But other people can. Other people prefer to do their own thing. It's not me. So I think to your point, figure out what style you like best and then and then approach a side hustle or a business with, with that in mind. But I would also say really, really tap into everybody that you feel comfortable calling, meeting with, having mm. dinner with, drink, drinks with or whatever. You know, there's some people that would give you the advice that, you know, you should never eat at the same restaurant twice. You should never, you know, these are the kind of those business models, right? But there's, you hear it a lot, like have lunch with a different person every day, have a drink with a different person every day, you know, coffee, whatever, whatever you want to do. Just constantly learn from the people that you know. And I think that, and also don't be ashamed or, or that you're, that you're not happy or that you're maybe lost your job or that you don't want to be in the current job that you're in. No regrets, I guess is, uh, but you know, it's not easy being a freelancer. It's not easy losing your safety net. None of that is easy actually. Sure. But, but know your value, I think, is really Yeah, know, 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 know what your knowledge is worth. Manny, I, I really appreciate you, you know, jumping on this with me. Is there anything else like maybe I missed? I know we talked a lot of, kind of went and talked a lot of different things, but there's any one thing you want to just leave with our listeners? You know, it's a big world out there, right? I mean, I, my life is totally different than, I, I had no idea where it was going. I couldn't have told you five years ago where I'd be now. I had, would have no idea I'd be sitting in this, uh, currently renovating a house, renovating a house, having some renovation experience, having real estate experience, spending times with, I like to call like a whole different tribe of people. Like the real estate crowd is totally different from the journalist crowd. I would say that everything that's happened in the last several years has been worthwhile. And you don't know what's around that corner, right? So, I mean, if I could sound wise and if it doesn't work change it up yeah we were joking before the podcast who would have thought that you know 30 years ago i'd be interviewing you for my reinvention after 50 podcast (laughs) i know right i know (laughs) kind of funny i mean no way to predict that i mean there's kind of no bad move i guess right Right. because it doesn't work you just you just bail out and And technology has allowed all this to happen like look at i'm in my little studio in my backyard and i'm able to make this happen so yeah. And also, hey, one quick little thing. And I always say this, and I, someone said this to me, a lo- I had a boss tell me this a long, long time ago, never put anything on a resume that you don't want people to see. And so I guess what I mean by that is like, now's a chance to kind of, I don't want to say reinvent yourself, but basically you can repurpose, define yourself, almost like after a relationship or whatever, you can be whoever it is that you want to be right yeah. now. I mean, you don't lie, obviously, but you can take the best of what you have, polish it up, put it on there, 
do a nice tight little edit of who you are and move forward with that. Let all the baggage go. You know, people don't care, frankly. They just want to know that you can do whatever it is that you can do. For them, and, no, people uh, and people don't care. A hundred percent agree with you. You too, yeah, so many people in their thirties and forties are concerned what other people are thinking about them. Yeah. And when you reach 50 plus, you realize people didn't really focus on the things you you're worried about. Yeah. And also I find that like the younger guys that I work with, you know, the editors and the camera guys that, that I hire now, they're all younger than I am. They're twenties, thirties. You know, they joke with me. I tell a joke. They're like, oh, dad, dad alert, dad alert. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I could be their dad, but they value my experience. They're smart. They're great, but they don't know what I know. And they actually, I do mentor them. There is a need to what we know and everything needs to be produced. Even TikTok videos and all that disposable stuff. Somebody's still got to make it that knows what they're doing. So, exactly. Guys don't know how to tell a story. Yeah. Value that knowledge. That's yeah. all. Manny, I really appreciate your time. Good luck, brother. And uh, we will we'll, we'll check in with you in a few years and see how you're doing on that remodel. <laughs> yeah. A couple months, man. A couple months. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information on all of our guests, go to brand50.com, where you'll find show notes and other resources to help guide you through the next exciting phase of your life. Please consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, along with other platforms, and write us a review while you're there. You can also sign up for our email list on our site to get the latest podcast updates. We promise you won't get a constant barrage of emails from us, and you can bet we'll protect your privacy as well. You can also follow us on social media accounts listed on our site. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.